0: life audio can you believe that the god of the universe knows you he knows your sin your failings your flaws your limitations he knows how you messed up yesterday he knows how you're going to mess up tomorrow and yet he says you are my son or you are my daughter that i love in whom i am well pleased god gives us belonging he gives us acceptance he gives us his approval. Which one of those do you need to believe more today? If you believed all three of these to be absolutely true for you, what would change tomorrow? Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I'm Nicole Eunice, your host and your fellow journeyer as we discover what God has for us in his word. It's such a joy and delight. get to be with you each and every week and we're starting a new series today a short series leading up to easter and we're calling this series jesus 101 okay so we are going to be looking at really the movements of jesus's earthly ministry that lead him to his death and resurrection and how deeply encouraging it is for us to understand and acknowledge how God has moved in this world and is consequently moving in our lives as well. So what a joy. We're going to look at that today. We're going to look in Matthew 3, the story of Jesus's baptism. Message and data rates may apply and available to US addresses only.
1: Hello folks, my name is Derek Greer and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation.
0: So before we get into that, I just want to thank you guys again for being such an incredible community of people who are seeking God together. And I just want to share a couple of reviews from this week over at Apple Podcasts. Casey 2018 says there's something about the way that Nicole communicates the concepts in the Bible that make it so digestible for me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Casey. Grateful for this podcast. Cynthia 2911 says, I asked for and received an NLT study Bible for Christmas. Awesome. And now along with this podcast, I am reading and understanding the Bible in ways I've never done before. That is the actual point, you guys. And if you are wondering how you could sort of follow along and maybe go deeper in your own study I would encourage you to go back to the very beginning of this podcast and listen to the first few episodes where we talk about the Alive Method, we talk about how to do inductive Bible study, which is what we're doing, where we are exploring God's Word together, and I share tools there. A study Bible is an incredible resource. It is well worth the investment because it is a wealth of knowledge. It has a concordance, which is where you can look up words in the back of the Bible. It has study notes. It has book introductions. You can learn so much. In fact, most of what we talk about here on this podcast is simply from a study Bible. It's no more additional commentary than that. Sometimes I step out if if we need me to so I can, you know, try to discern what's going on in a passage. But for the most part, we just use the study Bible. So having a study Bible and using a study Bible and getting used to the practice of, okay, let me understand what this book's about. Let me breeze these study notes. Maybe I'm going to do some cross-referencing and look up some different verses that might relate to what I'm reading. That's all going to be done using a study Bible. So definitely, if you don't have one yet, consider putting it on your birthday list or your Christmas list or making that investment because it's going to be well worth it. Or making that investment because it is going to be well worth it. Okay, here we go. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 3 today. If you want to turn in that study Bible or listen as I read along. And I want to invite you, as I often do, to imagine this scene playing out. And if you need to close your eyes, if you're not driving, if you can be in a place where you can let your mind wander and just let me paint this picture. And I want you to see this picture in your mind of what's playing out here. Don't try to figure out what you're supposed to learn from this. Just let The story play out, okay? And we'll get to figuring out what we're going to learn from it. But I think step one is to use our imagination to be in the moment. Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let's follow our method and ask the first question, what does this say? And really, because we're, we're seeing a story play out, we do want to use our imaginations to see the scene before us. Okay, so what we know, a couple of backstory pieces, what's the backstory is always a big part of what we want to explore. So let me set a little bit of context for you. John the Baptist is Jesus's cousin. So he's been around Jesus, but Jesus has not had any public ministry up to this point. For the first time. 30 years of Jesus's life it has been quiet and anonymous. Jesus was a carpenter. He was not a trained religious leader. He he built furniture and he just had a trade and this quiet life and now this is becoming sort of the inauguration of his ministry. So as you can imagine and you know we talk a lot about timing on this podcast there's a reason that we want to pay attention to what happens first, right? What happens first? In Jesus's ministry. So the backstory is we have John, who is a righteous Jew. He is, He's seeking the Messiah that's been spoken about in the Old Testament, and he's leading others to live their life as God has called them to live. So the Old Testament is all about what does it look like to live as God's chosen people? And so he's out here preaching in the desert. He is probably poor. That's why he's eating basically grasshoppers and honey. That would have been, I guess, kind of normal if you were living in the desert and poor. And he's kind of this wild guy, right? And people are attracted to this wild guy who says it as it is. And so people are coming who want to repent and who want to be cleansed. The idea of a baptism is not necessarily specific to Christianity. There are many religions that have a cleansing rite of some kind. And so before Jesus even is baptized, before Jesus is helping us understand what our faith really means, we still have baptism going on because it was sort of a cleansing ritual. So I'm going to come and confess my sins and I'm going to be made clean here. So this is what John was doing. He was baptizing. But we also know that there were other religious groups that were there, whether they were observing or judging or critiquing, whatever the Sadducees, the Pharisees are mentioned. They are there also sort of looking at what John's doing and And maybe, you know, John turns to them and he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Basically, he's saying you call yourself religious leaders. What is the fruit of your religion? Because if the fruit of your religion is just looking down on people and condemning or criticizing, that is not the fruit keeping with repentance, right? So we've got this scene playing out. It's, it's quite lively in my imagination. I imagine it very lively. And then here comes Jesus walking toward John. And it says in scripture that John knew. That he was not worthy to baptize Jesus. We don't know the backstory of how he knew that. We know these little pieces in Jesus's life. We know that Jesus was had this really miraculous birth that people would have heard about. We know that he was brought to the temple and there was prophesied, like he was prophesied over when he was brought to the temple as a baby. We know again at age twelve, Jesus is in the temple and he gets separated from his parents and he's just teaching religious leaders for days on end and says to his parents, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? So he is not an ordinary person. There is an extraordinary life going on, but it's not been public. And so John is sort of this harbinger of what's to come, which is how it is prophesied in scripture that there would be an Elijah, a prophet that would come before the Messiah, before the one with all of the power. And John seems to in some way recognize that this is what is actually happening. And so when Jesus comes to him, he doesn't want to baptize him because he knows that Jesus is far greater than him. He actually says, you know, I baptize with water, but the one who's coming will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We see that actually happen in Acts chapter two, much later after Jesus's earthly ministry. That's called Pentecost. We'll talk about that later. But we see that this is exactly what Jesus was going to do. But none of this is known at the moment. At the moment, all we know is that John's cousin is coming over the hill and approaching the Jordan River. And, and John's like, I, I'm not, I am not worthy to do this. And Jesus says, no, this needs to be done to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is being obedient to the Father. The first thing that we see Jesus do is be obedient to the Father.
1: Dot .com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation
0: and as he's obedient and he's baptized we then have this this moment where heaven and earth come together and there's this there's this opening in the veil between heaven and earth and there's a voice that speaks about who Jesus is and this voice says in another translation it says this is my son whom I love with whom I am well pleased we get this sort of statement given over Jesus. And if you think about that statement in those three parts, this is my son. First of all, there's a connection and belonging. Whom I love, that's acceptance. Nothing makes us feel more fully accepted than being fully and unconditionally loved. With whom I am well pleased, that's approval. And if you think about our human desire and our human need, what is our our great spiritual soul need? is to belong, to be accepted, to be approved. And here we have the Father in heaven sort of declaring this over the Son as he begins his ministry. So there's this beautiful story playing out. And you may ask the question, what does this all mean? Why is this important? And you maybe have heard these little pieces that as Jesus is beginning his ministry, there's these connections to the Old Testament that are happening. All of these things that have been prophesied for hundreds of years before Jesus comes, are coming to fulfillment in these little ways. Now, probably, I would guess, if you and I were were in the crowd, we, we might not even know that something really big had happened. It's unclear in Scripture if everybody heard the voice from heaven, or if only Jesus heard it, or maybe only John and Jesus heard it. It's not clear what people would have experienced. But what we do know, with the gift of hindsight, being able to look back and know that we're about to see Jesus's life unfold, we know that this is an incredibly important moment. This moment where God offers Jesus his full belonging, acceptance, and approval. And isn't it interesting that before Jesus does anything, because Jesus at this point has not done anything. He was obedient to the Father to get baptized, but he he doesn't hasn't done anything spectacular that we're going to see him do from here. But yet he is already fully approved of. He is already fully accepted. He is already fully loved. And friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, what a joy it is to think that before we do anything, before we can be anything, before we can prove anything, God is already coming to us with his approval, with his acceptance, with his belonging, our connection to him as our father. Now, you may ask yourself, and you should be, you should be asking yourself, wait a second, this is about Jesus. And Jesus was God's only son. And Jesus was perfect. And Jesus was sinless how can I just take what God's saying and pretend like it's for me? And if you're asking that question, that's a very good question, friend. You should be asking that question. So that is what we call hermeneutics. That is biblical interpretation. When we're starting to ask the question, well, what does this mean? We want to understand what it meant then, and we want to understand how we build a bridge to what it means for us today, right? So What did it mean then? We know then that Jesus was being obedient, that he's fulfilling a prophecy. We know that this is inaugurating his public ministry and that there's this really important moment where God approves of him, right? There's this like acceptance and approval happening. We know that's what's happening in the moment. So why am I encouraging you to apply it to yourself? Well, when we continue forward in scripture, there is a great theological concept that is so important for us to understand as Christians. And this concept is that Jesus Christ's identity and righteousness are conferred to us when we are believers. Conferred means it's given to us. It's it's sort of transferred to us. We've got this righteousness transfer going on because of who Christ is. And I'm not pulling this out of thin air. I'm pulling this from scripture. So Second Corinthians 5, verse 21 to me is the, the very clear place that we understand this. The book of Romans also gives us a lot of understanding of what this means that we got we, like we have the identity of Christ i mean that's a huge concept but listen to what it says in second corinthians 5:21 for our sake that's me and you okay because this whole passage is about how god's love and god's approval and acceptance is not now just for one chosen people it's not just for the israelites but that in christ a new age was ushered in where where we're all invited to a relationship right so when john the baptist says in his like passionate speech as Jesus is coming, you know, the ax is already at the root of the tree. Like God could raise up, you know, children of Abraham out of these stones. John the Baptist is already referring to this idea. Hey guys, this isn't a religion where you get to feel special because you were born into it. This is a kingdom of heaven and God is going to raise up his people who will worship him in spirit and truth. God is going to raise up his people who are going to believe. God is going to raise up his people who are have the faith, faith alone, to believe that God has loved us and sent his son, that we can have life in him, that we can have eternal life in him. Second Corinthians five twenty one, I'm finally getting to it. It says, For our sake, he made him, so our sake is us. For our sake, he made him Jesus, he made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen into that language. It's in here language. Like in him. So like we're going to be sunk into him. We're going to be surrounded by Christ. And because we're surrounded by Christ, we become the righteousness of God. We, we are able to experience righteousness. We ourselves are not righteous in our in our old self, in our sin nature. We are not righteous. But because of Christ, that whole identity is conferred to us. This sense of belovedness that God gives to his only son, Jesus, as he's on earth is for us. It's for us to experience Jesus, in his perfect, sinless nature, did not even need God to approve of him. He was, he was in full communion with the Heavenly Father. He would have known God's belovedness his whole life. But me and you, friend, we need to hear this. We need to know this. We need to believe this. Can you believe that the God of the universe knows you? He knows your sin, your failings, your flaws, your limitations. He knows how you messed up yesterday. He knows how you're going to mess up tomorrow. And yet he says, you are my son or you are my daughter that I love, in whom I am well pleased. God gives us belonging. He gives us acceptance. He gives us his approval. Which one of those do you need to believe more today? If you believed all three of these to be absolutely true for you, what would change tomorrow? I don't know about you, friends, but for me, I have such a deep sense of peace when I think about that. So many small things that mess me up, just seem less important. Um, it feels like there's a sense of joy because it means that God's in control and God's control. God's God knows what he's doing. God has a purpose for my life that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. There's just so many ramifications for actually believing in our beloved status with God. And this is the gift we get as Jesus enters into public ministry. But the story is not over because right after that baptism, Jesus goes into the desert And next week, we're going to talk about what happens when Jesus is in the desert. Talk to you then. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.